someone comes to our home, they better be carrying a big blaster. Look around. We are one and the same. Same heart, same blood, and my blood's boiling for a fight. 99, you can't! I'm a soldier, like you! This is what I was meant for. Welcome to the Star Wars Brothers Podcast. I'm Cliff Boyd, and I'm here with Drew Shepard. Cadets are ready, sir. John is not going to join us this week. He's got a... uh, uh, one of his kids is not feeling well, and so we are we are giving him a pass, and we're going to go ahead and proceed. Uh, Drew, you actually won't be here next week, so it'll just be just be hopefully me and John next week. We'll have to figure out how to how to handle that. But we're going to go ahead and go ahead and go over what the next arc that we'll be discussing is. Whether or not we actually discuss that next week remains to be seen, but uh, but we'll talk about that at the end of this discussion. Hey, Drew. Hey, Cliff. How does Wicket get around indoor? I don't know how. He walks. <laughs> oh, he walks. They crack me. He walks. Yeah, he walks. He walks. So, what did Darth Vader say to the Emperor at the Star Wars auction? What is thy bidding, my master? <laughs> <laughs> Now that one I like. That's a good joke. That's a good joke. Oh, all right. Now this was a kind of a cool week for for us, Drew, uh, because me and my wife went over to y'all's place and hung out with you and your wife, and my son was there too, and and my daughter was there too. <laughs> the whole family. We didn't leave her. We didn't leave our five months. And our dog. Yeah. And the dog, yeah. Uh, and, and so while we were there, we actually had intended to play through a game we've been playing together, Final Fantasy VI, right? But I brought my Wii. So I have, the, I have it on Wii Virtual Console. I've got it, and that's what we've been playing through on. You can do two-player on Final Fantasy VI, which we discovered, which is so cool. And so I have been been playing through we've been playing that through together and we've been doing it on my Wii virtual console but what i forgot is that the the game is actually on the wii u and not the wii because i ported all my wii stuff to the wii u and that's where we've been playing it through (laughs) the emulated wii on the wii virtual console download that i have on there so it's like you know double triple whatever emulation but we have been really enjoying that it was a big disappointment because I brought the Wii instead of the Wii U and we couldn't play it. So instead we decided that we would just watch this week's episodes together. And, and while we were watching, we kept our discussion to a minimum, didn't we? Mouths were shut for the most part. <laughs> I mean, we reacted and we got to see each other's reaction. It was actually a lot of fun to watch together, but we did not, really discuss it intentionally it was like oh i want to tell you this but i'm gonna save it for the podcast (laughs) so that's what we'll do today all right so in this first episode uh let's see what episode was it help me out here it was the end of the clone cadets okay the episode clone cadets and i think season three if i'm not mistaken this was actually part three of a three-part well of a three-part arc i guess you would say uh the 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 
what was it? The Domino Squad arc, right? And so mm-hmm. we watched episode one of the Dominoes. We talked about this at the end of last week's episode a little bit. Uh, part one of the Domino Squad was them going through training and being sort of dysfunctional, but then they got motivated by 99, who was the really old, really old defective clone. Not defective, but just a just uh, different. bad batch, right? <laughs> Isn't bad batch that, yeah, different. Isn't bad batch sort of the term? I don't know if we've heard that or if I've just seen that elsewhere. But he was part of a bad batch. So he is basically, you know, fated to clean up duty all the time. Just does maintenance work and helps out. They didn't kill him, which is good. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. But they they definitely don't use him for battle because he's sort of a hunchback and and all that. Anyway, uh, he helps motivate the Domino Squad to perform and they end up passing their their trials. And then in the next episode, they're, they're... sent to this moon. I don't remember all the details exactly, but basically it's this base that is intended to serve as the lookout post for the El Camino planet, right? (laughs) El Camino. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, uh, anyway, the, the, yeah, so, so the base gets, gets attacked in that episode and general grievous comes in and tries to destroy it. But I think it's general grievous, maybe general grievous is no, it's, it's some droids that get sent in general. Grievous is trying to get by to go attack the Camino. Yeah. The commando droids get sent in. Right. 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 Anyway, uh, some, some of the domino squad die in that episode. And I think it's all but two of them. Yeah. I believe because in this episode, we only have echo and fives that are left right fives mm-hmm. because he has a bunch of fives in his number uh, which is all that the Caminites, Caminoans gave Kaminites? him <laughs> the, <Kaminites. laughs> uh, the then echo i think it's his name because he was always trying to get the troop to follow the rules and so he would always repeat the orders over and over again anyway they're the only two survivors and, and they are in this episode. Basically what happens is Camino gets attacked and the droids basically go in to defend it, right? To their, to defend their, what they call their home. So they go in and start out, it starts out as an air battle. And so they're flying around shooting down ships, but, but it seems like it's too easy and that wreckage starts falling into the ocean. We'll come to find out they were intentionally letting that wreckage fall because in the ocean, they're building these assault craft. They're having, they're sending droids down to go under the ocean and to build these assault craft underwater. And then they attack Camino from the sea, right? Obi-Wan figures that out and basically gets them to go and, and defend, uh, defend in the, the Camino city rather than in the air. On Camino, General Grievous and Ventress go in and attack together. And General Grievous is basically just killing as many people as he can in the barracks while Ventress is going in and trying to steal the DNA. Anakin ends up facing Ventress and then Obi-Wan and General Grievous face off. And I believe, I think the Obi-Wan General Grievous thing basically just ends up in him running away. And then the Anakin and Ventress thing ends up with her trying to steal the DNA and almost getting away with it, but Anakin at the last minute is able to to stop her and uh, actually orders the clones to kill her, but she she zips away. Uh, and then 
in the meantime, there's a team up that takes place with fives and echo and 99. Is 99 there? Does 99 team up with him? No, they team up with the kids. And I think 99 maybe teams up with Rex and Cody. I'm not sure. Yes. Does 99 interact with Echo and Fives? I don't think he really interacts with them very much. I don't think so. But he's definitely a part of the fight. So 99 teams up with Rex and Cody. Uh, then Echo and Fives team up with a bunch of the little the little kid clones that are in training. And they basically fight off the, the droids together. Right? I think that pretty much sums it up. Yeah. So a bunch of clones die. There's a bunch of damage to Camino, But they fail in their mission to steal the DNA. And it's Jango Fett's DNA, right? They're trying to feel, steal Jango Fett's original DNA. And I wanted to ask you, why do you think they were going after that? What, what strategic purpose does the source DNA provide? Because they could get DNA from any of the clones. And I know there's little DNA modifications, I guess, between, between the different iterations. But what's the, what, what do they need the core source DNA for, do you think? So you're right to wonder that because they never mentioned it throughout the entire episode. And that's one thing that really seemed to be the entire purpose for them being there, you know, collateral damage, right. destruction, you know, the usual things that the separatists go after. But the, the theme was to get that DNA and that was assassin's job. And Grievous was basically the, the distraction. Look at me. I'm going to destroy your base. If you don't do something about me kind of deal. Um, so that was definitely the focus of it, but they never stayed it out. So my only thought was the whole time, and, and I, I'm probably wrong. John would probably tell me I'm wrong. He'd correct me. But I kept on thinking, <laughs> I wonder if this somehow ties into, you know, episode three to where, with, what is it, Order 66 um, to, to eliminate the Jedi. So maybe if some way, somehow in the future they do get it, they're able to reprogram some of the, the clones or they're make new ones, but under their guidance as opposed to, um, you know, to following the Jedi. I, I just wasn't really sure. They didn't really make it clear. So I was trying to come up with an idea because surely they would be able to take the DNA from, like you said, the other clones. So that was right. something I was really left wondering um, about a good bit. Yeah, and, and I don't know. I guess the DNA, they've obviously edited the DNA for each batch and tried to improve upon it, right? Uh, but I don't know. It's, it's, uh, at least that's the impression that I get. I thought it was interesting. I don't know if maybe they were trying to create some kind of a, a bio weapon of some sort that would target certain DNAs or, or what. But anyway, it wasn't clear. I guess all we can really do is speculate there. I mean, they might have been, tr we've seen the episode before where they tested out a, a cannon, a bomb that destroyed all organic matter, but left the, the droids intact. So, you know, in theory, they could have been working on another bomb that would destroy clone DNA, but leave everyone sure. else intact as well. So, you know, say the clones were attacking a separatist location or city, you know, where there were still organic people they could drop maybe that type of bomb and it would kill the clones. You know, mm -hmm. so there's a lot of different ways they could go. And it may be explained later on why they needed it. But, um, but it was interesting just to know that they didn't actually explain it. So it, it leaves a lot to be explored later on about why. Sure. Yeah, that's true. What do you think about it, the, uh, go ahead, go ahead. I found it interesting and really fun though, about the the reunion between i mean we had the the domino squad in 99 you mentioned that 
but then yeah. also getting the kids back, you know, the, uh, the cadets. Right. Yeah. Getting yeah, them yeah. Back. So it's, you know, had these two different arcs really, um, you know, so the clone cadet domino arc, then you had the, um, the Boba Fett cadet arc and they're sure. coming together here in this one place. And yeah. so did the domino did squad, really well. did the domino squad ever interact with the kids? I don't think they were really a part of that episode, were they? They, I thought they were at one time. I thought they had one interaction. Maybe so. Maybe so. I don't um, really remember. I, I thought it might have been at the end, and I could be wrong. I thought it was at the, when they when the kids popped out of like the 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 clone beds and they were firing from behind, and then yeah. Rex and Cody. And I thought it was um, Echo and Fives were with Rex and. Cody, I could be wrong, but I thought. Well, now, there. no. When the kids popped out and shot, they were with Echo and Fives at that point. I don't okay, think yeah. Rex and Cody were even there. Yeah, it doesn't. The details don't really matter. I was more saying, do they? Is there any previous interaction with them? You know, did did Echo and Fives ever have any interaction with the kid droids before, or was it more? Are you just more saying it, it was neat to see all the different clones, types of clones we've been learning about, kind of come together in this episode? Well, that, yeah, that's, that's more or less it. The fact that they okay. took different characters that we've seen that haven't oh, sure. interacted yeah. before and then actually right, brought them right, together right. for the Yeah, that was cool. That was cool. There's actually a lot going on in this episode. You know, you had all this stuff going on with the clones. You had this stuff going on with General Grievous and Ventress. You had the underwater droids. You just a lot of different things going on all at one time. And, and uh, man, this was an action-packed episode you know they really could have drug this out and stretched it out over a few episodes but i'm i'm glad they did that's I'll tell you one thing i was thinking yeah i'll tell you one thing i really didn't didn't love was that it was so far removed from us watching the other domino squad episodes because i think it actually would have been really neat to see this episode back to back with the other two Mm -hmm. And, and I don't know that it would have really hurt the continuity of everything. I guess, you know, if you're really doing a pure chronological watch through, I, I suppose like we are, this is just the order that, it, that they appear in. But I think I would have rather them saved the training and then the moon planet. And then this episode to, to watch all together, whoever put the order together, you know, I feel like watching this arc all at once would have been more fulfilling than, than seeing it separated out. Because yeah. I was having to go back and be like, who is that again? You know, what's the significance? What happened to these guys before? And it just wasn't very fresh in my mind. Right. And then maybe before this last episode, you could have watched the, the clone cadet kids, Boba Fett bounty hunter episode somewhere in there as well. And then you would have right. that information yeah. and, you know, that sure. knowledge going into it too. So I agree yeah. with that. Yeah. Well, I think even, even if you just saved the, the first two in this arc to this point, then that would have been fine. Cause then you would have seen the Boba Fett arc mm -hmm. previously. And so you'd still have the context about the kids before coming into this one, but then you'd be able to watch three, these three back to back and have just a little bit more con continuity with that squad. Yeah. Yeah. And it's one of the other really fun parts to watch for me was the assassin and grievous Ventress and grievous their okay. interaction yeah that yeah, was, yeah, yeah that was tense that was really was fun good. to watch they were constantly trying to outdo each other and you know Ventress and her um the way she talks even spoke to grievous and um how she she took out that one clone um you know by throwing him against the wall then bringing him back in and like 
Right. Basically killed killed him with a kiss before she put a lightsaber through him. Yeah. <laughs> so um I'll tell you something it, that Yeah, go ahead. No, and then she just real a lot of quips with Grievous, so Yeah, yeah. And and that kill with the kiss was awesome. Yeah. Just the coolest part of the episode. That was one of those what? <laughs> Because she force pulls the guy into her lightsaber, impales him on it, and then kisses him as he dies. Like, whoa. <laughs> We're meant to and, not like her. <laughs> and I saw, I was reviewing the reviewing the plot uh, earlier today and, and on the Wikipedia page. And on the bottom of it, they actually said that that scene was removed when it was, I think, originally broadcast on Cartoon Network. They were like, <laughs> we can't show this on Cartoon Network for good reason, I think. Uh Really cool, really cool moment. I think it's been in all the releases, all the other releases. But when it when it was aired on Cartoon Network, they were like, "No way are we showing this." Yeah. <laughs> uh, and there, the the lightsaber battles were so smooth. That's one thing yeah. I, I really noticed. You know, just thinking about back to season one, even some of season two, just the mechanics, the fluidity between assassin and uh, anakin when they were battling and then grievous and his battle it was just so smooth even the swimming with obi-wan in the ocean i mean it was all it was just beautiful how yeah, they did absolutely. it so yeah. uh, you can really tell that you know the technology the the movements are really coming together for um for this show right now yeah, and the context of everything too. It's like I really like Anakin now. I really this version of Anakin, you know. He's just I think he's awesome. He's he's incredible, I think. Yeah. Uh, I really like the the portrayal of Obi-Wan here. I really like the dynamic between the two of them. I really like the the general I like General Grievous a lot. I feel like I'm a lot more invested in him than I've, I've ever been. I never really cared much about him. I mean, it was cool to see him swing a bunch of lightsabers, but I never cared a bunch about him that much, you know, when I, when I watched the movies, but gotten to really like him. We've got context with Ventress. We've got context with all these different types of clones. They don't just look like clones anymore. You know, it's like, no, that's Rex and that's Cody. And I don't know if they have that much of a, a unique character trait, but at least it's like, Oh yeah, I, I know that guy. Yeah. And, and the echo and fives, they do have maybe a little bit more personality than some of the others. I don't know. Maybe not. And then the kids, it's just like so many different elements that are coming together that we actually have some investment in now and care about. So this was, this was a really exciting episode to watch for that reason uh, as well. Yeah. Yeah, I always felt that I got shortchanged in episode three watching Grievous. You know, for the first time you see him, and he's he's done after that. And he seemed like such a and to a, a, another extent, I felt the same way about Maul too. Like this is right. like a really cool bad guy. I want to know more about this person. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. And, and apparently we <laughs> spoiler alert. <laughs> apparently we will. <laughs> Thanks Disney Plus. Yeah, right. <laughs> For plastering his face on on the screen every time I open your app. <laughs> but I even remember, I think we caught, this was one of the few things we, we briefly mentioned when we watched it together was yeah. Rita seems like an insect or a spider the way he yeah, crawls yeah. and just so cool. creepy. So cool. Uh, yeah, this is, this was great. I, I just like so much about this episode. I want to know what your impressions are about the, 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 the clone. So we, in some of the earlier episodes, we really dug into like what it, what's the moral 
backing behind what they're doing with the clones, you know, is, is this okay? Is this not okay? And, and in what ways is it not okay? I mean, I think we pretty much agree. It's not okay, <laughs> but in what ways is it not okay? And I wanted to know if, if there was any additional insight that you had from this, that contributes to that line of thinking. There were a couple of things I picked up on. And I'll share those, but I was curious if there's anything you saw. Um, well, I'll just share what I, what yeah, I what not I, the top of my head and you can let me know what you think about it. All right. So first of all, the conditions in Camino, I mean, they go to the barracks. It's like a prison, just a cold hallway, like no furniture anywhere. There's no decorations. There's a bland metal hallway. And then they get into these rooms. They're all like bunked up. There's, there's just nothing there. It's just, what affinity can you have toward that? Like at the beginning, like, let's go home. Let's defend our home. And then we get to their home and their home is stark and depressing. In my opinion, I just didn't, I didn't get it. Like, why, why is that a place worth defending? Why is that so homey? It's just their origins. I get that. But I mean, I'd rather, I'd rather grow up on Tatooine <laughs> or Jakku <laughs> yeah. than Camino. You know, there's nothing homey about it. Maybe there was just stuff they didn't show, but I tell you, I feel like we saw quite a bit and it looks horrible. Looks I mean, horrible. You didn't I see that scene with any quality of life. Yeah. Well, you didn't see that scene where they had the rec room and the ping pong table and there were some clones playing ping pong. <laughs> <laughs> and then they're like, they're, they're sleeping conditions. They sleep in these little pods that slide in and out of the walls. Yeah, that seems a little bit no. like a prison. Who a would claustrophobia. Want to sleep there? It sounds horrible. Oh, just I was not impressed uh, in that sense. I mean, and I guess there was if, this... if you call it home, it's it's weird. But you know, I think we've all known someone that you know that they love home. They talk about home, and you you ask them why they love it, or you go visit it, and you think to yourself, like, "Wow, this is this is not like my home. I would not like this." But, right. but it's an odd feeling to say that because you didn't have that life, that childhood. And there's always memories tied, usually, like we've discussed here, to why we like sure. certain things. And so, I don't know, maybe that's too much psychology for this. But. Uh, maybe, maybe. But I just thought, I thought their conditions were pretty horrible. And uh, I also thought there was something telling about 99. 99 lived his life. Because 99 dies in this episode, right? Right at the end. 99 lives his life bemoaning, is that the right word? Bemoaning the fact that he is not going to be able to battle. Like he wishes he could. Mm -hmm. And in this episode, he finally gets his chance. And so there's a sense in which you're like, yes, 99's finally getting to fulfill everything that he's wished he could do for his entire, I almost said long life. Not a long life. <laughs> <laughs> despite his appearance he's only half that age um anyway just kind of feel like all right he's getting his moment to fight and there's one his last words did you yeah you probably didn't catch it but i noticed the very last thing that came out of his mouth before he was shot down i think he got shot in the back even is the last thing that he said he said this is what i was bred for right before he died mm. man what a tragedy this was not a good story. 
about 99. This is a sad story. This is a tragedy about 99 and how he's been, been manipulated to, to wish for these things that are meaningless in life and, and almost didn't even get a chance to fulfill those. But even when he does, it's just really ends up being very empty. Uh, not for him. He feels like oh, I fulfilled it. I died the honorable death, but like, no. Yeah. He's a part of a system that has brainwashed him. <laughs> Are you familiar with Stockholm syndrome? Like <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. We mentioned that before. It's just like, this is, this is not good. This is not good. Not a good situation. That's interesting. You mentioned that. I forgot he said that right at the end. Yeah. This is why I was like a soldier. For. This is what he was bred for. Loved the beginning with a paddle and then the twist where it's like, Oh, we're shooting down the ships, but they're really going into the water and there'll be one going underwater. And, and yeah, you mentioned that moment where, where Obi-Wan is having to swim. It's so cool because he's in his ship and the, the droids come up and start beating on his ship and they're about to break through the glass. And he's like, Oh, junk. So mm-hmm. he shoots off his escape pod and starts jettisoning, jettisoning toward the surface. And then they jump on the escape pod and they're about to break it. And then he's like, okay. So he busts out of his escape pod, propels himself forward and swims up in the water away from those droids and almost doesn't make it to the surface. Is about to run out of air when along swims this, I don't know, what would you call it? Some kind of like a mantis. Oh, that's right. I forgot about this creature. Yeah. This is kind of stupid. (laughs) I didn't mind it. I'm fine with it. But he he grabs onto it and and rides it. It basically flies him out of the water, right? And then it basically hovers towards Camino where he gets back to the battle. But that moment where he goes like from in the ship to in the escape pod to swimming up, I thought that was kind of a cool progression. And it's like, man, this situation looks bad for him. Like he's about to die. I mean, obviously he's not going to die. But I did think it was cool how he pulled himself out of that. No, that was a very cool scene. And I, I like how they set it up to where, uh, like you mentioned, the the space debris falls in and they don't really know what's going on, but they know something's going on. And he goes down. Just, I mean, I thought it was really neat how they set it up for that because we have never seen those droids before that I'm aware. And right. even the whole time we were in there, I'm thinking, what are these droids? They, I don't think yeah. they've given them a name or, you know, because we have the commando droids, we have the battle droids. So, but I don't think they ever called them anything in particular. So I found They that did in this episode. Yeah, they did. I, I don't remember what they called them, but they did call them something. Um, and it was just associated with the waters, like water droids or something like that. Oh, okay. I don't remember exactly what the name was. Now, I will say this. There was a moment in, in this episode as well that I really liked with Anakin. It was right at the end and he has gotten the DNA from Ventress and she's like, ah, you've won this battle, but just wait until later. And he's like, no, I'm going to order the clones to kill you right now. You know, like he's Mm -hmm. not going to capture her. He is out for blood. And, and I thought it was, I, I forget exactly what the moment was, but I remember thinking, dude, chill. Like, just he got he was a little bloodthirsty a little bloodthirsty and, and i like it i like seeing that in anakin i like seeing his brutality i like seeing that in i like seeing that in ahsoka as well and realizing that she is being influenced by anakin uh it's kind of a cool moment for him yeah you know and then you mentioned the interaction with ventress and general grievous as well obviously i have a lot to say about this episode i really liked it uh you mentioned that interaction with of interest in general gravies. And one of the things about that was I, I really almost felt sorry for general Gravis there. Like she was being so rude to him and he re- wasn't really 
clever enough to snap back. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And he's just insulting to him. You know, he's trying to do this team effort and be like, yeah, let's do this. You know? And she's like, Oh, you just, I've got this. I don't need your help. I don't want anything from you. And just being really rude to him. I mean, should we feel sorry for General Grievous? Probably not, but I actually do. I I can't help it. I look at this creature that used to be an actual being, a a member of 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 a race, and he's gone through modifications to the point where he is just a, basically a robot now with a brain and, and it's, it's messed up and it's sad. Mm, Yeah. (laughs) It's essentially what Darth Vader becomes later. Right. Right. Darth Vader becomes it uh, in a way that is less capable than general Grievous. Right. He doesn't get a bunch of cool modifications and everything. He just gets this suit that basically causes him pain for the rest of his life. But, General Grievous going under undergoing all these modifications by choice. Yeah, it's messed up, and yeah, he's definitely embraced evil. But just like, what is his life all about? No, I can't help but think like, man, this guy has no real fulfillment in life. He's just he just wants to kill things and be a warrior. And yeah, he, he's never gonna he's never happy. You never see him happy. I don't think he knows what happiness is. And when killing Jedi, that's interest, about it. Yeah, that, that, but that's not happiness. It's just like. It's just like pleasure to him, just like a satisfying pleasure, but it's not actually satisfying. And then to see Ventress be so rude to him, I don't know. It just kind of made me feel Hmm. depressed. (laughs) I kind of felt sorry for him in this episode. You want to give him a hug? (laughs) No, I don't. Definitely don't want to do that. He needs to die. But I did feel sorry. (laughs) So, but I mean, he's sort of the winner in this episode. He wanted, I mean, Ventress lost. Ventress well, is the reason they lost. So he, he lost too, though. He had to run away. I don't remember how him and Obi-Wan's interaction ended up per se, except that I think he just must have run away eventually, right? Which is basically what happens at the end of all his interactions with Obi-Wan. Yeah, well, I, th- I thought that was part of the plan because his whole part was just get Ventress the, uh, the opportunity to get what she needs and get out. And so yeah. once he fulfilled his mission, he's like, all right, I'm done. Sure. And kill as many people as possible in the meantime, I think was also part of it. So yeah. Invade the barracks and just attack. So, and that is true. He cleared the way so that when Ventures came in, there wasn't really much of a defense of the DNA sample. Mm-hmm. So. Anyway, you ready to rate it? Yeah. I'll go first this time. I'm, gi- I'm giving it an eight. Really enjoyed it. I could probably go higher, but I don't know if it's quite a nine. Um, I mean, eight's a really good rating for me. Eight means I had a great time. It was, uh, it was, a, it was a lot of fun. Just, just enjoy the episode for all the reasons why we, we, you know, why we've already mentioned. That is awesome. And I had the exact same number in my head before you even said that too. I had an eight and it, for me, it could have been a nine. There was just yeah. one part. I just okay. could not, I guess I could deal with it, but I did Which not was want it? to do the second time, Obi-Wan jumped on the flying manta ray and he patted it on the shoulders like, <laughs> okay. we have to stop meeting like yeah. this, darling. I'm like, no. Yeah, 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 yeah. No. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I think we just have to accept that there's going to be a lot of that cheese in these episodes. But, you know, <laughs> it's a, that's a valid reason to bump something down, I think. It was, it was pretty stupid. It's really good. It's really good. So. It's a good. It's a good rating. It's a great rating. Really, anything six and up for me means I enjoyed it. 
Six Wings, I enjoyed it, but it, maybe it wasn't that great. <laughs> uh, seven means I thought it was pretty good. Eight means it was really good. Nine's like, wow, that was awesome. And I'm not sure what a 10, yet, 10 is yet. I feel like I'm going to know a 10 when I see it. Solo, the movie. Oh, that was a Solo, movie. a Star Wars story. That's a 10 out of 10. <laughs> so there you go. All right. In the next episode. I forget, what was it called? Uh, Sphere of Influence. There you go. You must have it in front of you. Sphere of Influence. So we've got the Trade Federation blockading the Pantorans. And uh, they're basically trying to negotiate in the Senate and get the Senate to sympathize with them and lift the blockade. But while all that's going on, Greedo and Goatman come in and kidnap the two daughters of... The chairman of Pantora, these are the blue people, remember, that we've seen before. The chairman of Pantora, Papanoida. So Papanoida and his son Ion end up going and investigating this. Uh, and, and I forget exactly what happens. They, they find a blood sample and they find out where the blood sample came from or something. Anyway, it leads them to Tatooine and they go to Java's palace and they're looking for who the blood sample belongs to. I guess they figure out that it is Greedo. The blood is Greedo's blood. And so that's what leads them to Jabba's palace. So they find Greedo. They get a confession. They get him basically before Jabba. And they're like, look, we have this thing against Greedo. And Jabba's like, we well, gotta have proof. And they show him the proof. And so he's like, okay, you know, y'all do whatever you need to do with Greedo. So they basically take Greedo leads them to the daughter. Um, and the daughter... Uh, yeah, you know, I don't remember exactly what all happens here. They end up having a little fight and uh, the chairman shows his awesome fighting skills and they save the daughter, basically. So, and Greedo doesn't die, obviously, because he's got to say Uta Gunta solo at some point. <laughs> all right. In the meantime, Ahsoka and Chuchi, Chuchi is the senator. And we again, we've met her before. She's her before. <laughs> all right. We've met her before. Uh, she's on... Uh, she was on that ice planet and I don't know, maybe we've seen her one time since I think maybe, I don't, I don't remember exactly, but they, she and Ahsoka team up and they sneak onto one of the trade Federation ships, even though Jedi really aren't supposed to be involved in something like this. Right. And Anakin kind of gives her permission and, uh, and, but, but not real permission, but it's kind of like, yeah, we, we break the rules. That's what we do. It's fine. You know, you have, you have a good personal reason to get involved. So just get involved and we'll make up some excuse about it. Even though, so it's an unofficial Jedi activity here, basically. Ahsoka and Chuchi, while they're wandering around the ship, almost get caught a few times, but they eventually find the daughter and then blackmail the Trade Federation people to basically say, look, you know, you, this looks bad on you. Uh, your involvement in this kidnapping obviously is, is clear here in trying to strong arm basically what's going on behind the scenes is that the Pantorans are trying to be strong armed into allying with the separatists, right? A lot of these episodes seem to be about the separatists seeking allegiance from various systems. And uh, anyway, they basically say, all right, well, if you won't, you know, hold this against us or tell anybody about this, then we'll lift the blockade. And so they do. That's how it ends. So both daughters get saved and the blockade is lifted at the end of the episode. And the moral of the story, 
if you want something done right, you've got to do it yourself. <laughs> was it not amazing to you? I, I don't know. I felt like there was a message throughout most of this. Just, do you remember that detective right at the very yeah, beginning? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What oh, a doofy looking guy. Too goofy looking, useless. You never hear or see anything from him again. And so <laughs> I really thought this was Star Wars um, sort of just like, way of basically getting that message across, which is very much like a Star Wars type of theme, especially yeah, when you see that. Anakin and Ahsoka. Um, right. And the relationship that they have. Like you just mentioned Ahsoka and Anakin's interaction. And one thing that I, I thought was so funny was right after he said that, Anakin said that, that to Ahsoka, Padme was there too. And Padme turned to Anakin and said, I can't believe they let you teach these people or something like that. <laughs> and I was just like, yes, this is, this is the theme, like the Anakin Ahsoka theme, do it yourself. Yeah, and yeah, they yeah. have the Pantorans involved now. So. And I remember him as well being like, that's eh, fine. We do this all the time. I think he actually says that we do this all the time. You know? Yeah. Like, yeah, it's no big deal. <laughs> we're not supposed to get involved, but really, that's we, we do. It's fine. Else. We're yeah. We just do what we want here. You know? Uh, and I didn't think about that, but that is a really good point. There's that. And there's also that same element playing it in the Senate. Like they can't get the Senate to act. The Senate needs to freaking make the trade federation stop being such jerks. Yeah. Um, and, and instead of going through that legal channel, they end up sneaking on the ship and, and blackmailing and all that. So it's like, it, they, they, they make it happen even though they can't do it through the official channels. Right. Right. And so I that happens on figure two out. Right. Right. And I don't, this is not meant to be political at all. I couldn't figure out if that was a jab at big government or if that was just like coincidence because that was in there too. And so I was like, I don't know this, yeah. but it, they definitely made the point of the Senate sometimes is not very effective with doing their job. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the Star Wars definitely has a lot to say about governments. If you oh, really yeah. get down to it. Right. <laughs> All right. Uh, this blockade. What in the world's going on here? Now, this seems, this actually is, is familiar, right? Like, we've seen a lot of blockades before, but I got to thinking about it. Like, this is a legal blockade. This isn't like they're doing something they're not supposed to be doing, right? This is like the Pantorans owe us money. And so it's okay for us to just blockade their planet and keep them. It's kind of like debtor's prison on a planetary scale. And interesting that. I've never really thought about it before, but this is just something that's allowed. Like they're not doing anything illegal. Right. I, I guess not. I, I don't know if debtor's prison is allowed in, in star Wars universe, but <laughs> I can see it being allowed. So true. I think that's pretty much what's going on here. And then I guess that's maybe that's what's going on in episode one with Naboo. Is that what's happened? What's happening with Naboo as well? Are they being blockaded legally? Maybe by the trade federation. I don't really know. I may have that wrong, but, it reminded me of that for some reason. So, but well, one thing though that you know, just thinking of that, I remember at the very beginning, the the president, the Pantorum president, I think maybe chairman was his title, mentions how he spoke with Count Dooku and how Count Dooku said he can help to alleviate said blockade. Right. And yeah, I'm thinking, you know, and I'm thinking to myself, okay, well, you. 
you just spoke with a man, you know, who, who's not really on the up and up most of the time. So sure. this, this seems either like A, a trap, or B, it seems like they're trying to force your hand into doing what they wanted you to do all along. Uh, I mean, knowing that the separatists and the Trade Federation are, are in cahoots here. Right. Um, yeah. And I, th- I, th- I found that interesting that, that they are still before the council pretending like they're not, you know? Mm-hmm. And in particular, I, I noticed that, I forget exactly what the context was, but I made a little note about it, that they were trying to distance themselves from Newt Gunray, right? Like, oh, we're the Trade Federation. Newt Gunray was this rogue guy. He did all this stuff. Uh, Newt Gunray was the, the guy responsible for, is it the episode one stuff that was going on? I think that was Newt Gunray. I don't really remember. But anyway, they were distancing themselves from Newt Gunray in particular, who was a part of the Trade Federation previously. So they're trying to be like, hey, that's not us. We're, we're just the Trade Federation. He was a rogue guy. When in reality, they're involved with the separatists behind the scenes. Yeah. Uh, and and are, are allowing General Grievous to use them as a tool. I think all for the sake of money, right? This is a this is a money driven um, for the for the trade federation at least a money driven alliance I believe. I wonder how many people actually think that it is legit. The trade federation is legit because clearly yeah. some of the things that we've seen with Padme, she's like she has her serious doubts, and right. with some of the other senators, you have to wonder if they're like, listen, we know they're in cahoots, but we just can't say it or we don't have the right, solid right. proof. Yeah. So. Sure. Yeah. Kind of like, kind of like Donald Trump and the Russians, you know, <laughs> <laughs> we're not political. We're not political. <laughs> oh, okay. I'll, I'll cut that. No, I'm not going to cut it. I'm just kidding. I really have no opinion on that stuff. I don't keep up with any of it <laughs> or care. All right. Uh, the couple of cool things about Ahsoka when she's on that ship, I thought she had some pretty cool force moments. Uh, one, they are looking for them under the table and then they're looking for them around the corner and you're like, Oh, they're about to catch them. And then they're not there. And th- the moment that I thought was really cool was when she lifts the Senator up into the air. You remember she's like yeah. floating in the ceiling and then she lifts the, the Senator up and they're just kind of floating there. Uh, I thought that was kind of cool. Um, how they snuck around and how she used the force to sneak around. And then there was the mind trick. Do you remember that? She's like, Hey, I got this. I've been practicing this. Oh yeah. I know. I know how to do Jedi mind tricks. So she goes up and, and I, I guess they're trying to get the guard, maybe the guard of the cell. Is that what it is? The guard yeah. of the cell mm-hmm. where the daughter is being held. She's like, I'm going to get us passed. So she, she says, you will let me pass. Something like that. He says, I will let you pass. So he lets her pass. And so she walks past and just expects the senator to follow. But then the guard sets, steps in front and is like, nope, you can't pass. And so it's like, oh, Joe, I forgot, to, I forgot to include you. And I just thought it was interesting because it gave us a little bit of insight maybe into how specific you have to be when you're doing a mind trick, right? You, like they're going to do whatever you say if they're weak-minded. But if you don't say it the right way, <laughs> if you don't influence them the right way, then it might not go exactly the way you wanted it to. And so, um, uh, you know, I just thought about these aren't the droids you're looking for moment and, and how that was obviously a mature version of the mind trick, right? But, uh, but that could have been done in a way that was wrong where it's like, oh, well, actually, I meant to do this. I thought that was kind of cool. Huh. See, and I didn't even... 
I didn't necessarily take it that path, but I, I definitely can see what you mean there. I, I haven't even thought of it that way. Cause when I saw that, how I took it was she's just not strong enough in the force to make that Jedi mind trick last long enough for Chuchi to get oh, through. Okay. Okay. I mean, I don't know. That's just how I took it, but I definitely can see it that way yeah. too. So yeah, I took it as like a, uh, like a, I told you to let me pass and I really meant us, but I didn't say that. And so, but word choice is very important. Yeah. This isn't like you can contextualize it because you're being mind tricked here. So <laughs> you're just yeah. going to do what I say. And if I'm not very specific about exactly what I want, that's why I took it. So, I don't know. Maybe it was intended differently, but, um, but I thought that was a really cool moment. Um, and then there was some, some great lightsaber stuff that she did where she's taken out a bunch of droids. And actually in that, in that moment in particular, I loved the camera angles for that. There was a way that they did some camera cuts in there and showed her chopping droids in different ways. I just thought it was really great editing. Uh, whoever, whoever did the editing in this episode did a really excellent job. I thought on the lightsaber scenes with Ahsoka yeah. and the droids. And a lot very, of those lines well put together. since we're talking about the prison and, and the lightsaber scenes in there, there was one thing that uh, Chuchi mentioned that I really agreed with her on when they were searching for uh, one of the chairman's daughters. She said, uh, she asked Ahsoka, she said, you're a Jedi, can't, can't you sense her? Don't you know where she's at? And I'm thinking to myself, mm-hmm. yeah, can't you sort of figure out where she's at? Is that, why, why can't you? Or are you not at that level yet? Or is there something right. blocking you or what? Sure. So yeah. I just found that interesting that she couldn't find him by sensing them. So. Right. It was just a cool, and, and, and you've seen her do that before. Remember the, the old librarian in yeah. that episode that none of us liked, you know, but, but really there were some things said about, the, about force use there that were insightful. And that's sort of what happened is he's like, hey, you need to just calm down. If you calm down, you're going to know where they are, right? Whoever they were like, I don't remember all the details, but, um, but that was sort of the skill that she could have used there potentially to figure out where whatever the girl's name was, wherever she was. So I think the two sisters had like a very similar name. It was kind of hard to, they look different. what do you think about that family? Did you like the family, the chairman and his three kids? The, <laughs> this will sound bad. I don't think the daughters played that much of a role that really influenced me one way or another over the family. They just, they, they were kidnapped and um, then they were, you know, they were captured, then they were freed. And there, there wasn't much beyond that for me other than just more of a plot device within the, yeah, yeah, yeah. but the chairman and the son, I enjoyed that interaction. And sure. in particular, just, you know, their detective uh, rogue quest to actually find one of the sisters, how they took their own path while Ahsoka and Chuchi took their separate path to, you know, each to find one of the sisters um, while the goofy, Detective did nothing <laughs> so, uh, on Coruscant, but I did enjoy, really enjoy, actually, this one might've been my favorite part of this episode mm-hmm. was the blaster fight scene with the chairman yeah, and his son. It was good. That was, was a great. really fun scene. And it was even, it was, it was, it was well done. It, and it was even a little bit funny. Honestly, right at the beginning, because the bartender sort of walks away. He like he can tell what's coming here. Oh, okay. <laughs> he sort of backs up a little bit, and then you know all yeah. the, the madness just breaks loose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Chairman yeah. and son are great shots. So, right, uh, and I really, I really like the chairman a lot. I just thought this guy isn't just some, you know, pushover politician. 
this guy is getting things done, getting his, you know, hands dirty and he's got skills to back it up. Mm-hmm. So really, I really like him a lot. The kids were fine. You know, they were fine. Three blue kids, whatever. <laughs> but he was really cool. I thought his design was cool too. I thought he was cool looking. I thought he was yeah. skilled. I like the way he carried himself. Would not mind seeing more of him. Agreed. Greedo's appearance was interesting. Jabba, Jabba the Hutt, obviously appeared in this episode. Jabba's son appeared in this episode. I thought that, you know, I don't like Jabba's son, but I did think it was good that he was included. I was like, okay, there's some cohesion from the movie. And it actually made me wonder what's going to happen to him because we definitely don't see him in Return of the Jedi, right? Or in A New Hope, I guess. We do see Jabba, but we don't see, we don't, we don't see his son ever again. So I'm wondering if, uh, if maybe he's going to die at some point in this, in this series or if they'll just try to sweep him under the rug and, and hope that we forget he ever existed. <laughs> Don't really care yeah. which way, you know, either way I'm fine with kill him, sweep him under the rug. Doesn't matter. I don't like him. So however he goes is, is good with me. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe he'll come up next week because next week we're watching that, the zero of the hut trilogy. So that'll be a hut family centric. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll learn a little bit more about Jabba's son there. I yeah. hope not. Not looking forward to these next three episodes. That's for sure. Maybe, maybe they can redeem some of it for me, but I don't think so. I don't think so. Anyway, get off track. There, there was one big question though. And this was, you know, that was that, like I said, that was my favorite scene, but there was a huge question and that, that was just left wide open here specifically okay. for you, Cliff, specifically okay. for you. If you were forced, would you rather listen to Zero talk or listen to Goat Man talk? Oh, Goat Man. Easily. <laughs> don't, don't have to hesitate. I think Goat Man's kind of funny. Obviously, it's not one. It's, just, it's a whole race of them. I don't like them. I think their design is stupid. I think the fact that they man like goats is really dumb. But Here's that. <laughs> yeah. It's actually funny. There are no... There are no goats in the Star Wars universe. There's actually no animals from our planet in any of the Star Wars canon that I'm aware of, at least. I guess I should preface it with that. But they don't have, I mean, they have womp rats, but they don't have actual rats, right? They, they don't have chickens. They have, I don't know, something else that's not a chicken. They have, they have farm animals of various kinds, but they're all different. Like, there's no horses, Right. Rise of Skywalker, they're not riding horses. They're riding some kind of alien horse-like creature when they, when they, in your favorite scene where they, oh. <laughs> they ride across the ship. <laughs> anyway, there's no actual animals. And so to see this like goat man, I think it's dumb. It's not that it's inconsistent with what, what other alien Star Wars has shown. There's, obviously, there's the, we've mentioned the cantina scene with some very animal-like creatures there's like fly man and wolf man and um i don't know i'm sure all these these creatures have real names but but let's face it it's basically a wolf head on a human body and a fly head on a human body yeah. <laughs> this is at least a little bit more of a modification of a goat than that but i kind of think they're funny i don't i don't enjoy them i don't i don't like them but they don't make me angry <laughs> while on the other hand oh zero is probably my least favorite character in all of star wars period i hate that guy 
Look at my living conditions. Oh, he's, he's horrible. He's horrible. I don't want to. I don't want to see him again. Anything else on this episode? No, that's it. That's it. <laughs> All right, let's rank. Let's rank it. You go first this time. I'm going to give it a um, a five. I I I enjoyed it. Uh, I thought the chairman was pretty cool. I I liked how Ahsoka did her own thing. Just give us more information on her. Um, it, it gave more perspective on how difficult and a little bit more about why it will be challenging in the future for the Senate to really do anything, um, especially with the Trade Federation and uh, just a little bit more background on the Trade Federation in general and sure. how they do yeah. things and why they do it. So background-wise, I enjoyed it, but um, that was probably the most enjoyable parts for me. Okay. I'm going to go seven. That was, that was really good. I liked it a lot. It was just, uh, you know, I got my few little gripes here and there, but even the stuff I didn't love, like the goat man and the, and the, uh, baby, baby job of the hut job of son, like at least that stuff wasn't, wasn't just thrown in there randomly. At least it was still bringing some cohesion to the series. So even it was, even though it was being cohesive with things I don't love, I still didn't, I didn't mind the, the fact that they were incorporated so mm-hmm. much like seeing Greedo, but that was cool. I liked the job of the job of the hut thing where it was like, look, he's this crime boss, but like if somebody has a problem with Greedo, you know, Greedo's his guy, but like Greedo still kind of has to deal with, deal with his own crap, you know? And so, uh, so I kind of liked that job of the hut was like, well, look, I'm not going to let you just waltz in here and take Greedo out, but if you've got proof then then he's yours, you know, and that's yeah. kind of what happened is like, like Jabba did not have Greedo's back without condition. Like Jabba's running a crime syndicate here and you gotta, you gotta be able to kind of hold your own there. And I like that, that dynamic. I liked, like the Pantorans and the way that they were used. I liked Ahsoka's force stuff that, that I, I loved. I mean, that moment where she mind tricked the guy, I just laughed out loud. I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> um, and, and insightful. And, and I was just a lot of good, a lot of good in this, in this episode. Um, not great, but really good. Okay. So seven. All right. So next week we're watching the zero trilogy. Um, let's see. I'm going to mention the episode numbers. We haven't done this every week. So if all you're doing is listen to the podcast, you, you really haven't been able to keep up with this already probably, but give me a second. I'll pull this up. Episode eight from season three. And then episode 122, season one, episode 22, Hostage Crisis. And then episode nine from season three. So it looks like in season one, they had some random episode that was way, took place way in the future. And uh, by the time they get to season three, they decided they'd contextualize it some more. Well, we're going to get to watch it all together. (laughs) Nice. Um, And I guess you've probably, you've already seen episode 22 because you were watching you got all the way through season two, right? When you were going just in episode order. Right. So you've seen this, um, but now you're going to get to contextualize it with a couple season three episodes. That might be cool. That might be cool. My hope, <clears throat> I don't know if it's a prediction or not, but my hope is that zero dies. That is what I'm hoping for. <laughs> I want zero to die this arc. And if he doesn't, I'm going to be really disappointed. But we're just going to do those three. And uh, we're actually just going to have three episodes arc for the next 
next like five weeks, probably five or six weeks. I think it look, looks like five weeks. So lighter loads, easy going. We'll eventually get to a point in the series where we're watching four episode arcs back to back to back, but bunch of three episode arcs back to back to back here. Uh, if you want to contact us, you can email us at star Wars brothers podcast at gmail.com. And if you email us, most likely we will read your email on the episode. So if you want to be on a, on a podcast, send us a message. We like it. Makes us happy. Makes me happy. I don't, I don't know if Drew cares. I don't, I don't know if John cares. I like it a lot. <laughs> uh, you can really make us thrilled by leaving us a review on iTunes. Again, we're not doing this for anything. We're never going to make money on this podcast. That is not the point here. We're just, this is just a, a structured way for us to get, get together and talk about uh, something that we all enjoy. And that is star Wars. And so that's, they're just doing it because we, because we enjoy ourselves, but you know, we are putting it out there and, and we're giving it to you for free. And if you've made it this far, I think this is like 13, episode 13 or 14 or something like that. I doubt you'd be watching this like pulled out of nowhere. So, you know, you know just, uh, just give us a little bit of that dopamine there and leave a leave an iTunes review for us. <laughs> I, get, I get excited. I actually check that. I check that every, well, I don't check it every week. I almost said that. Pretty evidence that I don't. Since I missed that review, I check it on a on a regular basis. I'll say, uh, and I get really excited whenever there's there's new activity there. So, thanks for listening. And who knows too? <laughs> John is not going to join us this week. And with that statement right there, we just lost whatever listener we had.